Well, I'm glad to be here. It's really an honor, and I want to thank you, uh, Pastor John, for allowing me to speak uh, at Heartland again. And, and you know, that I was thinking about the first time that I came here, I think it was exactly a year ago, and the first time I got to speak at the school, you guys were meeting at a school, and then the second time, I'm here, but, but you are not here. So, so I'm going to have to ask Pastor John to invite me again so that I can get the full Heartland experience. But it's really uh, an honor to be here, and especially to be able to talk about the Psalms. You know, when Pastor John asked me to come and speak, I was very excited. But then when he told me that you guys were doing a series on the book of Psalms, uh, uh, my heart really got encouraged because I love the book of Psalms. And I'm going to focus actually on Psalm 27 today. But before we start, let's do a prayer. And Father God, I just give you thanks for this time. Thank you for the opportunity to be here in your presence, to be able to speak your word. Father God, I pray that it will be you leading me and that your word will come out with power, that it will activate the hearts, that it will transform hearts and renew minds. Father, I pray in the name of Jesus that it will be you ministering to every person that is watching us online right now. Thank you, Father, for the opportunity to be able to reveal, to speak what you are saying to us. I pray, Father, in the name of Jesus, that your word will accomplish the purpose for which you send it. In the name of Jesus, amen. And I usually like to tell my church at Lighthouse to um, say, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. For those of you, who actually, who uh, do not know me, or maybe you're new to Harlan. My name is Marcio Sierra, again, and I am the pastor at Lighthouse Church. And again, I'm excited to be here. And you know, as you read the Psalms, one thing that I like about the Psalms is that they can become very personal. Uh, and a lot of the times when I read, it seems like they're all over the place, you know, and, and uh, not to put offense, you know, but, but sometimes it feels like the Psalms are, are like bipolar, you know, they're all over the place. Sometimes they're excited. Sometimes, you know, the, the, the psalmist is upset. Sometimes they're fearful. Then they're excited again. Then they're praising the Lord. And, and that's really our lives. That's kind of how, how things go uh, with us. And, and as you think about that, I was thinking about Mark chapter 9, verse 24, and you don't have to turn there, but this is a story when a father brings his son to Jesus, and, 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 the, and the son uh, has a demon, the son is, is, is struggling, the son is doing all these things that he's not supposed to do, and the father is begging Jesus to heal the son. And then the, Jesus says something very special to the father. He says, everything is possible to those who believe. And at that moment, the father says to Jesus, I believe. But then he says, but help my own believe. So do you believe or don't you believe? And that is kind of how life is. In Psalm 27, what excites me about this psalm is that it really shows you the humanity of David. Psalm 27 was actually written by David, one of the many psalms that were written by, by David. And David really chose his humanity. David really... Uh, uh, presents himself like you and myself, even though he was a great man of God, even though the Bible says and God says that David was a man after my own heart, there is really this sense of David being like you and myself. You know, he's not, he has not, nothing special other than he loved God. And then we see David kind of like this father, I believe, but then help my own belief. I love you, God. Where are you, God? I praise you, God. I feel lonely. And during these difficult times, the Psalm 27 
can really reflect on us what we're going through. Uh, we are going through a very difficult time right now. We're going, you know, maybe you're in a situation where maybe you have lost your job. I know, for example, that Lighthouse Church, my church is a, a church that serves mostly the Hispanic community, and about half of the members in our church, in our congregation, have lost their jobs. And maybe you're saying, my goodness, I don't know what to do with the finances. Maybe you have a business, and the business is closed. And maybe you were a little excited because things were opening up, and now we're hearing news that, that we're taking a step backwards. Uh, maybe uh, you were trusting in, in the finances. You know, you, you, you had a good, you know, portfolio, and then you see that the stock market is going down. And we are in this time of desperation. Uh, you know, maybe you are struggling with the situation that we're facing in this nation with, with racism, with what's happening to the African-American community. It seems like we are not, as a nation, but really the entire world, not at the mountaintop, but it seems like we're going through a valley. It seems like we're going through the storm. And when we face situations like that, we express a lot of what's in our hearts. You know, when things go good, we, need to we tend to say, God, you know, this is great. Thank you for this. Thank you for my family. Thank you for the provision. And life is great. We have a new building, and, and, and you're providing for the building, and things seem to be good. But then it seems like we hit a wall. And it's like, God, we have a new building, but we have no people. God, I just started a business, and now it's closed. God, I don't know if I'm going to be able to recover. And, and, and that person who was encouraged, that person who was full of faith, that person who was here praising Jesus, now maybe is in this place of doubt and fear and uncertainty. And, and that's okay. You know, feelings... God actually gave us our feelings. We were created in the image of God, and he gave us feelings. Jesus had feelings. When he came to earth, he got angry. He was sad. He was mourning. He got excited. Uh, so all of these things are part of who we are and how God created us to be. Jesus, for example, actually one of uh, my favorite passages in the Bible because it's, it, 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 it shows me is when Jesus is actually in the Garden of Gethsemane, and he goes to God and says, God... Let, well, first he says, God, take this cup away from me. Talking about the cross. God, take this cup away from me. But then he says, but no, 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 God, let your will be done. And then he goes and talks to the disciples. And then he returns and says, no, God, take this cup away from me. And then he's like, no, 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 let your will be done. He moves away, goes and talks to the disciples. And a third time he came. And we see here. Jesus, uh, and Jesus is perfect, Jesus is God, but he was going through this situation where he's saying, yes, God, but no, God, but I don't know, and, 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 and you can see Amos, this took place all, you know, through, through the night, but it's almost like you see Jesus going through, through this, like, backing, walking back and forth, saying, God, I, I don't know exactly what I want to be. I want to do this, but I don't want to do this, until finally he was able to say, no, God. Let your will be done. But he went through that experience of saying, I don't know what I want to do. I'm, I'm desperate. And, and, and thank God, you know, Jesus, you know, for the love, for the joy set before him, he decided to do the will of the Father because, um, you know, he is, he is perfect. But we live in those situations. So how do we live in a place where we have this tension of we love God. We want to serve God. We're excited about God. But then 
there's a difficult situation. We find ourselves in the midst of a pandemic. We find ourselves in the midst of unemployment. We find ourselves when maybe our retirement account went down a big chunk of money because, because of what's going on. How do we deal with that tension of, I believe, but help my own belief. I trust you, God, but I'm fearful. Uh, I'm excited about you, and I want to praise your name, but, but I don't see uh, anything good happening around me. Well, David shows us what to do in Psalm 27. And the first thing, and I want us to go and read for the first verse. Uh, Psalm 27, verse 1, and I am reading for the New American Standard Bible. And it says, The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the defense of my life. Whom shall I dread? And the first thing that you need to understand is that we need to know who our God is. We're going to read the rest of the verse, but before, when we're going in the midst of a difficult situation, when you read Psalm 27, you know that David was going through a difficult situation. David, uh, not a lot of people are sure about what time in David's life this was written, but it was obvious that he was going through adversity. It is obvious that he was going through a difficult time, but he starts the psalm by saying, I know who my God is. I know that he is my light. So I will not fear. I know that he is my salvation. So I will not dread. You need to affirm who your God is. But in order to affirm who our God is, we need to understand who God is. We need to know our God. We need to know that God is our salvation, that, that uh, he's saving us from ourselves, that he's the one that saves us from our enemies, that he's the one that saves us from death, a spiritual death, that he's the one that saves us when we are sick, that he is in control. And we need to understand that he is the light. What does that mean? That he is the one that shows us the way when we don't know which way to go. When you enter a room that is dark, sometimes you don't know where to go. Sometimes you take a few steps. And uh, I, I know at Lighthouse Church, in, in the storage room, uh, the lights go on automatically as soon as you go in. There's actually no switch in the storage room. But uh, sometimes you need to take a few steps and actually kind of go to the middle of the storage room for the lights to go on. I never know what the people at Lighthouse put in the storage room. So there's been a few times when I actually go into the room and I hit a chair or I hit a shelf or something that they have put there. So whenever I go into the storage room, I go like this because everything is dark and I don't know what to do until the light goes on. The moment that the light goes on, I'm not concerned because I know which direction to take. I know which way to go. I know where not to go. And that's what God is. He gives light in the midst of our darkness. He brings assurance in the midst of our difficult situation. We need to know. You need to be able to say, I shall not fear. Why? Not because the pastor is telling you to tell you, say that. Not because you just read a verse, but because you know God and you understand who God is. So that is key. And I think that is, that, that's why it's very important that David started with Psalm number one here by saying, in the midst of this situation, in the midst of persecution, in the midst of what I'm going through, I know who my God is. I know who God is. And the question is, do you know who God is? 
Do you have an understanding where your strength comes from? Do you know who's the one that can rescue you? Have you read the word? Have you entered into the word of God and learned about the love of Jesus and what he offers to you? Do you know that he is Jehovah Rapha, the healer? Do you know that he is your provider? Do you know that he is the, the uh, owner of the cattle in a thousand hills? Do you know that he is the Lord of hosts? Do you know that he loves you so much that he was willing to uh, leave his divinity because, and come here on earth to die because he loves you? Do you know that he has uh, paid for your sins? Do you know that, that he's mighty? Do you know that he says nothing, absolutely nothing is impossible to you, for me? That's the God that we serve. That's the God that is our light and our salvation. Everything is under his feet. He spoke, and the universe was formed. That's who our God is. That's the God that we're serving. And the moment that we understand who God is and what he has done and is doing for us and will continue to do, then that's when we can say, in the midst of a difficult situation, the Lord is my light and my salvation. I will not be afraid. You know, even though a multitude that comes around me, I will not be afraid. That's what we need to understand. And that affirmation gives us the courage and the hope that increases our faith in the midst of adversity. Because I am not saying that the moment that you say those words, the moment that you say, I know who my Lord is, I know who God is, I'm not saying that then the problems disappear. And we can read that in verses 2 and 3. So join me. Let's go to verses 2 and 3. Because after David says, the Lord is my light, the Lord is my salvation, I will not be afraid. Then he says in verses 2 and 3, When evildoers came upon me to devour my flesh, my adversaries and my enemies, they stumbled and fell. Though a host encamps against me, my heart will not fear. The war arises against me. In spite of this, I shall be confident. David was not saying, hey, the Lord is my light, the Lord is my salvation, in the moment that everything was good. He wasn't saying this on the mountaintop. He was saying this in the midst of a valley, in the midst of adversary, in the midst of persecution. And he understood who his God, who, who his God was, so that's why he was able to say, in the midst of what I'm seeing around me, in the midst of evildoers who want to come and devour me, my God has the upper hand. And I like how in verse 3 um, it says, you know, when the enemy wants to devour me, they will stumble and fail. He had experienced God. He knew God because he experienced God. I will say that he was thinking about Goliath. You know, when he was facing Goliath, Goliath actually said, I will kill you and I will feed you to the birds in the earth. And he says, when the enemy wants to devour me, and then he says, they will stumble, they will fall. And that's what uh, Goliath did. So in the midst of the adversary, David knew who his Lord was, who God was, because he had experienced uh, the, the, this, this, the mighty hand of God. And you know, right now, I know that, that many of you 
have experienced miracles from God. I know that many of you have experienced the healing of God. I know that many of you have experienced the provision of God. And in the midst of adversity, you need to declare, God, you are my light and my salvation. And you need to remember how God has worked on your behalf in the past. It's very easy for us believers to get excited about something God, that God is doing, something that is good. But then what tends to happen is that times goes, goes by, a difficult situation comes in, and we forget that we serve the Lord of Lords and the King of Kings. We forget that we're serving the Almighty God. But no, David was able to remember he defeated my enemies. He helped me when I was fighting against lions and bears. He helped me when armies were coming against me. So he was excited, but he was able to be encouraged. Why? Because he knew who his Lord was. He was able to say, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for my God, my light and my salvation is with me. You know, I have uh, two children. Uh, one is 14 and my daughter is, is 12. But when they were little, you know, and, and if you have children, I know you, you, you can relate to this. When they're little and they're scared or the lights goes off, I remember when there was thunder and lightning, you know, they will run to me because they know me. They know that I love them. They know that I'm their protector. They know that I will do anything for them. But I remember there was, there was this one time where my brother, who lives out of the country, uh, my, my, my family, uh, my, my brother lives in, uh, in Honduras, and he came and visited. My children knew who he was. They have seen him a few times, but he came to visit, and my children were very little. And I went out with my wife. We went on a date night, and my brother said, hey, I'm going to babysit for your children. And there was a thunderstorm, and I came back. And when we came back very late, and my son was awake, he was probably like three or four, and he was awake, he was crying, and my brother said to me, you know, I tried to hug him, I tried to talk to him, I tried to be with him, and it was thundering, and even though there was someone there to protect him, my son did not know my brother very well. My son couldn't relate. My son didn't know if he was a protector. My son didn't know uh, about the love that my brother had for him. Because my son didn't know my brother. He was just little. And this was probably the second or the third time that he had seen him. The moment that I came home, the moment that my wife and I came home, he ran to us. I hugged him. I put him in bed. And within five minutes, he was asleep. All he needed in the midst, literally, of the storm was someone that he knew that would protect him. David knew his God. Do you know God? How do you get to know God? David tells us that because the key to knowing God is in verse 4. And this is why David had a heart after uh, God's own heart. Verse 4 says, One thing, this is key. This is the desire of David's heart. One thing I have asked from the Lord, and that I shall seek. Listen to this. That I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord and to meditate in his temple. This sounds like what temple? You know, how, how do we see the beauty of God? You know, what do you mean, you know, to be in the tabernacle, to be in the place? What this verse is saying is, David is saying, I want to be in the presence of God. That is the key. 
the desire of David's heart wasn't to be king, wasn't to defeat armies, wasn't to have all the money in the world, wasn't to do this or that. The desire of his heart, the one thing, this is what he says, one thing I have asked of the Lord. And you know what? It wasn't even wisdom, which is a good thing, what his son asked for. It wasn't riches. It wasn't protection. It wasn't healing. It wasn't provision. The one thing, what's more important to me, what have I have asked from the Lord is that I may dwell in his presence, that I will be able to spend time in the presence of God because he knows that it is, the better is one day in the presence of the Lord than to be a thousand days away from him. And that is the key. Why was David able to say, my Lord is my light, the Lord is my salvation. Why was David able to say in Psalm 23, I will fear no evil even though I pass through the valley of the shadow of death? Because he spent time. He knew his priorities. His priority was spending time with God. And that is the key. David knew that what he needed in the midst of the struggle was not a strategy to defeat the enemy. David knew that in the midst of a pandemic, it's not just healing what we need, even though we need healing. David knew that it's not just a new job. David knew that it's just not money. He knew that the number one thing was to spend time in the presence of God and everything else will flow from that. Verse 8 says this, When you say, when you said, Seek my face, my heart said to you, your face, Lord, I will seek. Church, this is the heart of a man who has a heart after God's own heart. The key, he knew the one thing was to be in the presence of God, to be able to seek his face. And, you know, I tell my church often this, that a lot of the times, we, it seems like we're seeking God's hands. And we say, God, I need this. And God, I want that. And God, I need your protection. And God, I need to feel your love. And God, give me, give me. And it's almost like we're seeking his hands. We're seeking his power. We're seeking something like that. And David is saying, I'm just seeking your face. I just want to be in your presence. I want to enjoy your beauty. I just want to rest in you. I want to be still and know that you are God. And how important that is. You know, in the midst of the pandemic, in the midst of struggles, in the midst of difficult situations, in the midst of desperation, the key is to be able to take some time and just seek the Lord. How do I do that? A lot of the times when I don't know what to do, when I need to make decisions, when, when, when I need to preach on a Sunday and a word is not coming, what I do is I usually put some worship music. I get alone and I start reading the word and I start praying and just waiting on God. And I start feeling his presence. I start feeling, you know, his love. I start feeling his peace in the midst of desperation. And that is the key. There's a verse that says, that seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and everything else will be added unto you. When Jesus came to earth and he says, the kingdom of God is at hand, he was saying, I am here. He is the kingdom of God. He is the kingdom. And he wants to be with you. That is the desire of God's heart. He created us so that we can be in communion. 
Jesus came and died for our sins because that fellowship that we have from God was broken because of sin. And Jesus came to bring, to restore that fellowship back so that we can come back to our Father God. That's what he desires, and that's what David desired. But still, you can say, Pastor, I've been spending time in the presence of God. I've been fasting. I've been seeking the Lord, and things have been good. But then this happened. But then difficulties came. But then a tragedy came to my life. And again, David shows you that. We go from him saying, Yes, the Lord is my light. The Lord is my salvation. I will not fear. I will seek his face. I want to be in his presence. I want to enjoy his beauty. And then we jump to verse 9. And this is where we see emotions. This is where we see his humanity. And he says in verse 9, Do not hide your face from me. He's telling God, the God who is, he's saying he's there for me. He defeats my enemies. He rescues me. I will not fear. I love you, God. You're in control. And then he says, do not hide your face from me. Do not turn your servant away. Do not turn your servant away in anger. What is happening here? You have been my help. Do not abandon me, nor forsake me. Is he talking about the same God? I thought he knew God. I thought that he knew this God that say, I will never leave you nor forsake you. I thought he knew this God that says, you know, that I will be with you, that, that, that you're in the palm of my hand and no one will be able to snatch me. What is happening here? There's tribulation. There's difficulties. And he says, oh God of my salvation, for my father and my mother have forsaken me, but the Lord will take me up. And I was thinking about these verses. David is saying, don't abandon me, God. Don't leave me. Don't be angry at me. What is happening here? Many of us live our lives based on the experiences that we have uh, experienced, on the, on the experiences of life, on past situations. And a lot of the times, the way that we react, our emotions, our lives, our marriages, the way we treat our children, a lot of what we do comes or has been shaped and formed because of the situations that we have lived in the past. And, and we, know, we know David. He, his father was, you know, a, a good man, Jesse, and, 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 and it doesn't sound, or I don't know, the full story, but according to what we read in the Bible, it's not that he was abandoned. But we read, and, and, and we were able to understand there's people that are fearful that God will abandon them because maybe they were rejected. Because maybe they grew up without a father. Because maybe your spouse left you. And then it's hard to trust when things get tough, when the water starts racing, when the wind starts blowing, we start doubting. Because we tend to bring God down to our own experiences. You know, God is God. He is mighty. He is amazing in spite of what we're living here. God is a God of love even though our experience is not an experience of love. God is your protector, even though maybe we have grown, uh, we were teenagers, we were children, and there was no one there to protect us. God, you know, will do anything for you, even though it has seemed that no one has done anything for you. We cannot bring God to our experiences 
down to our experiences because then that's when we start getting discouraged. And that's, uh, there's a word that is ambivalence. And ambivalence is having uh, two hearts, you know, like, like, like believing in something but believing in something else. And, and when you're not sure about something, it's almost like, like bipolar, you know, you're here but then you're here. And, and I believe, but God help my own belief. The problem is, in the midst of the storm, we need to be able to choose God. We need to be able to affirm the things of God. We need to be able to say, God, you are in control. Because hopefully, we have been spending time in the presence of God. But he is saying, God, don't leave me. And as I speak to you, maybe you're thinking about this. Maybe you're feeling... Uh, like God is not there. Maybe you have been praying for weeks. Maybe you started a business at the beginning of the year and you started the year excited and you said, you know what, God, this is from you and you provided the finances and you started a business in the beginning of 2020 and comes 20, uh, uh, March of, of 2020 and you have to close down your business. And there's, you don't know how to pay your employees. And, 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 and there's regulations, and maybe people are telling you, you know, uh, maybe you're going to have to remain closed until the end of the year. And you start thinking, God, was this you? Are you there? Where are you? It is in that moment of desperation. Here's another key, and I'm just giving you these little gold nuggets in the midst of our difficulties. It is then that David said in verse 11, Teach me your ways, O Lord, and lead me in a level path because of my foes. You know what David was saying? In the midst of this situation that I don't understand, in the midst of this difficulty, in the midst of this pandemic, in the midst of this tra tra tragedy, and, and I know here at Heartland, you know, uh, a family that you love very much, and, uh, you know, went through, it's going through a tragedy, and, and Dunga's Dunga, daughter, and, 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 and you might be saying, well, why this, God? Why is this happening? Why that? And we need to be able to say, in the midst of the storm, when the fire is there, you know the fire is not going to burn you because God says you might be in the fire, but it will not burn you. You might be in the waters, but it, they will not drown you. But you need to be able to say, God, teach me your ways. Not really why, God, but God, in the midst of this situation, teach me your ways. God, we open a new building, a beautiful building. I think it was in December or in January. And God, we have a new building and now we can even use it. Let's not say why, God, but teach me your ways. What can I learn in the midst of this pandemic? What can I learn sitting in this building that is empty and it costs so much money and there was so much work? What can I learn in the midst of this sickness? What can I learn? Show me your ways, God, in the midst of this difficult situation because I'm desperate, because I'm fearful, because I believe, but I need, I need you to help me believe, help my own belief. And it's such a key in the midst of the difficult situation, to be able to say, show me your ways. Show me your ways. So you see this beautiful uh, path that David is showing us in his Bible. In, in, uh, God, I'm sorry, is showing us in his word through David. First, there's an affirmation. I know who you are, God. You are my light. You are my salvation. You rescued me. You helped me here. You did this for me. Life is good. Oh, but then there's the storm. And in the midst of difficult situations, I don't know what to do, God. And David says, it is then that you need to say, give me a revelation. Show me. 
It is then when you need to go get into the Word and you need to start reading the Word because it is in the midst of difficult times when we make the worst decisions of our life. Are you listening to what I'm saying? In the midst of difficulties, we get afraid, we get fearful, and we make decisions based on our own strength, on our own wisdom, on our own, with our own resources, and they are not very good. Our strength is not much. Our wisdom is hardly even there. Our finances are not going to protect us forever. They can be here one day and gone the next. So when you see that the waters are rising, when you see that the winds are coming, when you see, when you are like the disciples and you go to Jesus and you're saying, Jesus, wake up. Can you see that I'm dying? Can you see that the storm is here? Can you see that there's a difficult situation? You need to understand and say, God, show me your ways because it's in the midst of difficulties where we can learn and know God like never before. It's in the midst of tragedy. It's in the midst of a pandemic. It's in the midst of sickness. It's in the midst of lack where you can meet your God who is your shepherd and in him you lack nothing. It's in the midst of a sickness that you are able to understand and proclaim with confidence that your God is a healer. It's in the midst of, of, of struggles that you can just learn and see the hand of God and how he fights for you. I've, I've counseled many marriages, and I know of marriages that it is because of a tragedy at home, because of a crisis that they have uh, gone through, a thing that you will say will destroy the marriage. It is that situation, and I'm not condoning this situation. I'm not saying, uh, hey, we want this situation, but it is in the midst of these difficulties where you can find God. And I know marriages that due to tragedies and crises that they have experienced, because they went to God, their marriages are better today. They have experienced something that they were never able to experience before. So when the disciples were afraid, when the disciples were in this boat and Jesus is sleeping, and I hope you, you, you know this story, but Jesus is sleeping, there's a storm, the disciples are trying to wake him up. Jesus, we are dying. Don't you care? Don't you love us? Aren't you going to do something? And Jesus got up. And he spoke to the winds, he spoke to the rain, he spoke to the waves, and he said, peace. And you know, when he said that, you know what the disciples said? Who is this man? Who is this man that even the winds, even the heavens, even the waves of the sea listened to him? It was in the midst of that tragedy that they were able to experience something from God, that they were able to have an encounter with God that they never had before. They left that boat knowing that God is the God that can calm the storm. So teach us our ways, God. In the midst of this pandemic, teach us our ways, God. In the midst of a nation that is full of racism, teach us our ways, God. In the midst of, of unemployment being as high, uh, many of us in our generations have never even experienced this level of unemployment in this nation. Teach us your ways, God. When, when, when we don't know what to do with this big building and we don't know when to open, teach us your ways, God. We need to understand what God is saying in the middle of, in the middle of difficulties. And then he gives us an advice. In the midst of the storm, 
in the midst of difficulties. And I want to finish with this. He says, verse 13 and verse 14, I will have despaired unless I believe that I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait for the Lord. Be strong and let your heart take courage. Yes, wait on the Lord. This is what God is saying in verse 13. If you, if you don't affirm God, if you don't know who God is, you will get desperate. There's nothing worse than feeling alone in the midst of desperation. And David is saying, if he wasn't because I knew that he is my light, if he wasn't because I knew that he is my salvation, I would have been desperate. I would have been broken. I wouldn't have been defeated. But I know who my God is. If it wasn't because of God, if I wouldn't experience his ways in the midst of the tragedy, if I wouldn't have seen God and the mighty hand of God in the midst of my difficult situation, I would have despaired. But now I can see the goodness of God in the land of the living. And I think this is what God is trying to tell us. In the midst of tragedy, if we focus on God, and I am not negating what's happening. It's not that I'm telling you, hey, church, let's be on denial. I understand what's happening. Like I said at the beginning, half of my congregation is without jobs. Uh, I'm helping families and hundreds of families who don't know how to pay their rent. They still haven't paid May, and here's June, and here's July, and they don't know what to do. And, and, and I had a family that came to me, and, 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 and I'm sharing this just because there is a desperation. There is a difficult situation. There are people who are sick. There are people who are dying because of this, of this situation that we're going through. But... If we don't get a hold of God, if we don't enter in his, into his tent, into his temple, into his presence, if we don't start affirming and declaring who our God is, if we don't get in the word, we will go down. We will get desperate. I like telling my children about uh, Noah's ark. And you know, this ark only had one window. And the window was in the ceiling, in the roof. There were no windows on the sides of this ark. And, I, and you know why I think this is? Because if Noah and his family were looking to the sides at what, at what was happening and the death and the flooding and the destruction, they would have despaired. But the only time they were able to look outside had to be up. And I believe that when they saw, went up, they were looking at God. The only time that they were able to focus on something outside of the ark was up towards God. And that's why God tells us in his word, whatever is good, whatever is pure, whatever is worthy of praise, whatever is of good report, focus on those things. Focus on the Lord, because if not, you will get desperate. But then he gives us the last advice, and he says, church, Heartland, John, Michael, wait on the Lord. I know that there's a pandemic. Wait on the Lord. I know that people are getting sick. Wait on the Lord. I know that you haven't worked in three and a half months. Wait on the Lord. I know that the building is closed. Wait on the Lord. Be strong and let your heart take courage. It reminds me of a verse where Jesus says, In this world, you will have tribulations, but be of good cheers. Cheer. Get excited. Why? Because I have overcome the world. 
Be strong and let your heart take courage. Yes. I mean, David is affirming it. It's almost like, if you don't believe me, I want to tell you again. Yes. Wait on the Lord. And I want to, I want to read this verse again in the Passion Translation. Because uh, and, and, and I love the Passion Translation, you know. And, and, and when, I, when I read the Bible, when I'm studying, I like to read different versions because I really want to absorb. I want to be able to understand, you know, what God is saying. That's a, a good way of reading the Bible. Get a dictionary. Get, get uh, uh, different translations until you get the meaning. Listen to what verse 14 says in the Passion, Passion Translation. Here's what I've learned through it all. I mean, he went through a lot of difficulties, um, David. And here's what I've learned through it all. Don't give up. Heartland, don't give up. Husband, don't give up. Wife, don't give up. Don't be impatient. Oh, we need to seek the face of the Lord. We need to be in the presence of, Lord, of the Lord so that we're not impatient. Be entwined as one with God. If we need to be as close as we can to God is right now during these difficult times that we're living through. And then he says, be brave and courageous and never lose hope. And again, the key here is knowing who our God is. Yes, keep on waiting for he will never disappoint you. Isn't that beautiful? I know that we're in the midst of difficulties. I know that some of you are struggling. I know that some of you are desperate. I know that there's some of you that you haven't even spoken to your spouses about the situation that you're living through. I know that there's some of you young people that, that you're struggling with your family. You're struggling with your identity. You're struggling with different things. And David says, know your God. Seek Him day and night. Seek the presence of the Lord. Seek to spend time with Him. Decide that in the midst of difficulties, instead of getting desperate, instead of running with whatever wind uh, takes you everywhere, seek the will of the Lord. I told you at the beginning that Jesus said, take this cup away from me. But then He said, no, God, your will, your will be done. In the midst of this tragedy, I want this, I want that, I want this, I want the church to open at this date. I, there's a lot of things that I want. There's a lot of things that I wish. We need to say, God, show me your ways and know that he will be your light, that he will be your salvation. Know that he will not leave you or abandon you like maybe your parents did. That's what the Bible says. Know that he will defeat your enemies. Know that 1,000 might come on your side and 10,000 on the other side, but you will not be touched. Yes, keep on waiting, for he will not disappoint you. Church, God loves you. God has a good plan for you. Wait on him. Let me just pray for you in regards to this last verse. Because I believe this is God speaking to you. He's saying, don't give up. And I want you to close your eyes, wherever you are, even you're at home or you're watching on your phone. God is saying to you, don't give up. Wait on me. Be brave. Be encouraged. And don't lose hope. 
because I am on your side. Yes, this is God saying to you, keep on waiting, for he will never. God says, I will never disappoint you. And Father God, I give you thanks for Heartland. I give you thanks for everybody that is watching. I give you thanks for your word. And I pray that in the midst of difficulties, in the midst of the storm, in the midst of whatever we're facing, that we will be able to say, God, I am waiting on you. God, I know that you're strong. God, I know that you are my salvation. God, I know that you will make a way where there seems to be no way. Father God, I pray in the name of Jesus that you will help me to remember those days, those times where your mighty hand was there for me. Help me to share testimonies. Help me to be able to speak about the things that you have done and to know that you are the same yesterday, today, and forever. God, in the midst of struggles, I pray that those people who are suffering right now, I pray that those people who are sick right now, I pray that those people that are going through a tragedy, I pray that those people who are feeling like they're at a dead end, that they will be able to understand and to seek your will, that they will know your ways, God, so that they will not be able, they will not do what they want to do, but rather do what you are calling them to do. And Father God, I pray in the name of Jesus that you will help us to spend time in you. Help us to draw near to you, knowing and believing that as we draw closer to you, you, God, will draw closer to us. And Father, help us to be patient on you. Help us to be still. And know that you are God. And thank you, God, because your promise is that you will not disappoint us if we are close to you. In your name, Lord, we pray. Amen. God bless you. And be encouraged because God is on your side.